into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Disaster at the Frick Park Bridge. Not the freaking Frick Bridge. No. Bridge in the river, bus in the river. There's been a bridge collapse in the city of bridges. Yinzers, get out of the way. The, the Frick Bridge is falling, Yinzers. They're going to have to come and red up the, the place where the Frick Bridge used to be. Yins. Yins, look out. Welcome back to the show. We have today's top updates for you, the listener. Grab a chair and a iconic Pittsburgh stool. What? What's an iconic Pittsburgh thing? <laughs> stool. <laughs> Pittsburgh stool sample. I've only been once, but it seems like, well, it seems like they got a lot of stools. Well, they have a lot of bars, and bars have stools in them. So yeah. that makes sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Not only do they have a lot of stools... They have the most bridges in America, which is why this bridge incident is so notable. The year of our Lord, 2022, January 29th, 3.13 p.m. We're reporting live on a bridge thing from yesterday. Joe Biden is going to see the bridge. Pittsburgh really has the most bridges of any city in America. Any city in America. I guess they must have lots of little lakes. Because Bridgetown Comedy Festival was in Portland, and their thing was that we have all the bridges. Well, maybe that's an insecurity of theirs, like how a guy with a little penis will always be talking about his penis. Yeah. Well, also, the other thing that Portland did is they think they they had these bumper stickers that said, keep Portland weird, and either Austin ripped them off or or they ripped Austin off because Austin had the same like slogan. What I'm getting at is I think Portland is full of shit and it doesn't have an identity and it needs to steal from other cities. Like the real Bridgetown. I think city to city diplomacy is already so hostile before you even get started into like, which ones are the fake ass cities and which are real ass cities. I do think Pittsburgh is a real ass city. Pittsburgh. You're the real ass city of the week. You had a bridge fall apart on you. You scared Joe Biden when he was visiting to talk about fixing bridges. <laughs> it is so okay. So Joe Biden visits Pittsburgh. Conveniently, one of its big bridges collapses when almost no one is on it, and nobody dies. And then he gets to be like, "See, this is why we gotta build back better with Big Joe." Kind of seems like. Are you are you implying <laughs> that it was? That George Bush blew up that bridge. <laughs> yeah, Jim, Joe Biden knocked down the bridge towers. That's kind of what I'm implying. Yeah, he did it in order to to predicate starting a war with Pittsburgh, where we drill oil from them. Well, the, he already passed the thing, right? The infrastructure bill that went. He got yeah. that part of it in. It's weird that that happened while he was there and that he it didn't happen and then he went there like because of it. It just happened to happen while he was hanging out. That's all I'm saying is it's weird. I don't have any proof of anything happening except that 
what Diamond Joe witnesses behind his ice cold shades is turned to dust before his eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another week of Pod Damn America. Hello, what everyone. What the fuck is up? What's up? I'm hungover because I went and partied in the blizzard because I had a primitive reaction to the fact that a snowstorm was coming to destroy New York. And I was like, maybe if I go party inside of it, it will be appeased and leave my family alone. So I went to Carmelo's, which is a bar in Bushwick that looks like the Euphoria show. It's full of drunk children. And uh, I I feel like shit because I had to trudge back in the snow. And it's another podcast day for me. You don't get to take them off. No breaks. Uh-uh. Hustle never sleeps. Just fucking keep going and reading about gun cults and fucking bridges and shit. Because people need to listen to something while they're at work. Yeah, by the way, Pittsburgh is known as the city of bridges for its 446 bridges. Uh, maybe it's known as that because it's home of Jeff Bridges. That'd be cool. I think I would have to look that up, but I don't. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> don't insane. go around telling people that until you until you've double checked. <laughs> that was a stab in the dark. He could be from any city. <laughs> true, he could be from anywhere. He's behind you. <laughs> Do you like Euphoria? I don't. I don't relate to the experience these children are having. Man, I have so much to say about this. I fucking love this show, but it's confusing because <clears throat> like all these different people are watching it and reacting to it. And some people are saying, I didn't do any of this stuff in high school. This is unrealistic. And then some people are going, this is exactly what my high school experience was like. And I want to be a little class reductionist about this and go, this means some people grew up rich and some people grew up poor and that's the difference but i don't really think it is i think it's it's like regional and generational and like all this other shit and so like i i just like it because it's a good, like i think it's a really well told story and it's like shot really well and stuff yeah and do you like that that it looks like a music video it's fucking cool like I mean, a full hour <laughs> but like i was thinking about it and i was like well this i mean what's going on here with like the the weird like the jocks and stuff and like the cheerleaders and shit like that. Not what was going on at my school growing up that that happened out in the suburbs. This kind of reminds me of rich kids growing up in the suburbs, I think because rich kids did had like heroin and stuff like in high school and me and my gutter children that I grew up with, what we did was we smoked weed and, and, like tried to get the guy at the corner store to buy us 40s and then just like huffed gas and like did like robitussin and shit like that yeah yeah <laughs> so, so that would be my version of the show i want them to make a like that like specifically designed for me but i you know tv also doesn't need to be like we made this exactly for you like we i told totally you a show did. jake do you like yeah. me jake i mean the show is also about zoomers which is like none of us can relate to having smartphones and shit in high school which looks terrifying it seems awful they're all just like filming each other every time somebody's getting owned or whatever the fuck in public crazy i think that the, the problem i have with it is like it looks like shadows of things i experienced but like in a far sexier light than the oh man can't use that word the very stupid things i witnessed <laughs> 
<laughs> as a child, <laughs> which would yeah, be I mean, like, no- I know a drug dealer and he did get stabbed, but it was because he uh, was showing the drunk 23 year old who works at the hamburger store his knife to brag. And the other guy was so drunk, he thought he was under attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> um yeah you don't really see like it would be cool if the the show was shot all like crazy and in bisexual lighting and like fucking uh cinematographical and shit but then like it's it's like virgins playing pokemon cards and stuff because that also happens in high school yeah yeah yeah. that that is notably missing from the euphoria plot line is the uh (laughs) you have 60 hour maximum to raise your pokemon tournament that everyone is in uh i mean i think it's very telling like people are kind of telling on themselves when they're like excuse me i didn't have sex in high school this is unrealistic (laughs) (laughs) not unrealistic it's just like people had different experiences you know i i i I think i I think i empathize with it because i was a um a freak not a geek so more so yes i smoked a lot of weed out of aluminum cans and stuff you had to that was how it was done it's also like i I mean have you watched it how far are you i saw a few episodes and honestly like i'm enjoying the show uh my wife has already watched it through this is the part i'm stuck on is that i worked very hard on a property called pedophile high school (laughs) a few years ago and got all kinds of shit for naming it that, even though it is clearly a joke, and then check into the most popular show on television two years later, and it's just not a joke. High schoolers all having sex, and you see yeah. all their fucking glands. It's, it's like it's crazy because you're watching it and you're like, "Wait, huh? Like, is this okay?" And then, I mean, if you're, you're anything like thirty-five me, years old, you look at them on IMDb. <laughs> Most of them are like in their early to mid twenties, but there is like one actress that's thirty. <laughs> She's just in high school. <laughs> it's like she looks young enough, but it's just weird because like even that's even weird. It's even weird that she's hanging out with the twenty three year olds that are playing teenagers. Because I mean, when once you're thirty, man, you hang out with somebody that's like twenty one. Yeah, that's like statutory. So like <laughs> that's adult <laughs> statutory. <laughs> Well, you're just like an alien at that point. <laughs> so you're just like, man, remember um, Doug? And they're like, yeah, I was a baby like two years ago. Um, Doug, we had you mean Yawn Cat? Yeah, Yawn Cat. These are I the know discussions the we have. Oh, right. I forgot we know Yawn Cat. But anyway, the show doesn't bother me, but the things that fucking upset you nuns. <laughs> <laughs> have to come and scold independent artists for their beautiful comedy programs drives me fucking wild yeah it is bullshit you got a lot of shit over pedophile high school i had a lot of people i'm like friends with who are like i refuse to listen to your show and it's like you know it's just me doing voices in there <laughs> you can't <laughs> even see it <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> That's too far for people? I don't know. Just the name. Just the name. That's crazy. Uh, by the way, I was saving this for plugs, but thank you for funding Theater of Delight Season 4 and maybe the return of Pedophile High School. What will happen? More divorce, probably. Yeah. More cool boss fights. 
I'm hoping everybody votes for the horse show because I've been watching a lot of horse television to prepare. What is horse television? What is the horse show? So there's a lot of different horse shows. There's movies like Seabiscuit, like War Horse, <laughs> like Secretariat. Mm-hmm. Black Beauty. Black Beauty. But underneath the prestige horse layer, those are your Hollywood horses. You go down a level, you get into the real culture. There's a very popular Canadian television show called Heartland, which is supposed to take place in Virginia in America and is populated entirely by the most Canadian actors you have ever seen on television. Just <laughs> <laughs> the whole TV show about a horse. It's girls who raise horses and then they find out they're like the horse and have a bond with the horse. Okay. It just seems like that would be really difficult to stretch into multiple stories. But then again, you know, the premise of euphoria is what if teenagers had sex with each other? That's seemingly endless. The Greeks have been writing about these two topics for thousands of years. These are old classics. Oh yeah. These are like Carl Jungian archetypes. The hero's journey starts by having sex as a teenager and ends with riding a horse. I also found a show called um, The Pony Sitters Club. And this aims for a, <laughs> a younger audience. And these are these are girls who wish they had a pony mostly because these are like eight to ten year olds and they hang out at their grandpa's farm. Um, very common trope. It would be among all these horse, the stable of horse shows is a grandpa who's like 38 isn't all of them like a <laughs> sexual grandpa. Oh God. And he's like, yeah, you can get out there, ride my horse. I don't mind. Don't, you don't have to view me as sexually predatory. I'm a grandpa. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so depressing. Uh, Pony sitters club, big fan. It's clearly made for children, but they, they got a, they got horses. They got a goat. The the climax of the first episode is just they accidentally let the horse out and then it's just eating grass and they're like, oh no. And then they, well, they call it over and it comes and it's back inside. And that's the show. <laughs> Damn, too. That sounds like riveting. <laughs> it's really good. Television. That's like when Breaking Bad was on the air and everyone was talking about it at the water cooler. What do you think is going to happen with the horse? <laughs> Did it really go back into the stable or is it going to get back out? Run, do not walk to your nearest viewing of Pony Sitter's Club. The villain is just a girl who's like kind of a bitch because she owns a horse. <laughs> it, is it like direct, like, was it made by the Babysitter's Club people or do they straight up just rip off that name? Well, it's different sitting a baby versus sitting a pony. I suppose so. The pony it's a totally different experience. You have to put a pony like to sleep at night. You have to so you be like, rub, right, rub its muzzle. We're going to bed now. You go sleep standing up over there. Standing. Yeah, I think you do have to put it to sleep. You you put it in the stable. You lock them up. How do horses sleep in the wild? They stand together in a clearing. That's so weird. Can you imagine if you just were wandering through nature and then you were just like a bunch of horses just hanging out asleep? That's yeah, weirder. Dude, horses are very large. That would be very frightening. I wish I could do that. 
I wish we could do that. Like you, me and Anders. Like, oh, let's take a nap, boys. Lock our knees and just <laughs> close our eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Standing around. Not a Brooklyn. phone in sight. Just vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boys with their horses. Um, so aside from the infrastructure of the United States collapsing, it's been a big week for media. The sights and sounds of the silver screen. The glitz and glamour of Tinseltown. And media is evolving so much in this fast-paced environment that no one knows quite what to do when things get a little out of pocket, which is the rub we've come across with one Joe Rogan program on Spotify oh. now. Rogan, what's he up to now? Um, the The big thing with him this week is... Neil Young finally, like, I guess, found out about Joe Rogan <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh he he found out that Joe Rogan is like the most famous man alive and that they both operate on Spotify. And Joe Rogan lies to Americans about getting the vaccine, and then young men don't get the vaccine. And we have to assume Neil Young is a horse grandpa. Mm-hmm. So the his stable hands are probably getting really close to him and his family, and they're not vaccinated because they listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And so he wants to kind of defund that platform or just, like, punish them for that. So he's taking all of his music off Spotify. It's ironic that he's named Neil Young and he's so old. And like he's when so a fat old. guy is named Tiny or something. It's kind of funny. Yeah, well, Neil Young. But he didn't see that shit coming when he was 25. Yeah, bitch. Tell me more about your heart of gold. You're going to be heart of old. I don't know how to make that one into a joke. Okay, so, yeah, uh, this is like the stupid thing of the week that dumb guys are arguing about. And, like, the big thing, if you're a stupid dumbass, is, um, you know, he's he's censoring Joe Rogan, and he's uh, doing a boycott. I think somebody referred to him as blackmailing Joe Rogan at one point. He's doing musical <laughs> blackmail, one of the yeah. most vibrant and exciting kinds. This is like one of the dumbest uh, things that no one, everyone refuses to learn, and we just have to keep rehashing every week forever in America because of the unique place we are in history or whatever. But, like, I mean... I don't if you fucking listen to this show, you probably already know where I'm going with this and you're probably not one of the dumbasses, but like it's the private market. So it's all free speech. If you pull your music, if you put your music, if Spotify hires you or fires you, it's all all that is free speech being executed in different directions. None of it is censorship. Censorship is if the government was like, hey, Joe Rogan, you should shut the fuck up, which also probably should happen. Uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> indirectly killed like 10,000 people. By the <laughs> So many dumb guys are just full of fucking like viruses because of him. Not to mention like horse glue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just full of horse glue and this alien fucking organism that's killing us all. Uh, <laughs> because, like, God, there's it's so insane. Because, like, a, a big defense you'll hear of him a lot is like he says he's a dumbass. He says he's not a doctor. Everyone that listens to him, you know, thinks that he's. It's we're just having a good time listening to him. Everyone knows that he's not 
to be taken seriously and it's like but everyone does <laughs> like the simultaneous do, he invites on a guy who says he's a doctor to say not to get vaccinated and then you listen to that guy so it's kind of the same like transitive property here yeah also there's just that's a it's just a lie like i know so many dumb guys that are like he's really intellectual and it's like the same people making this fucking argument that i think that they think maybe if you say you're not like if you some weird philosophy trick where like i know i'm an idiot therefore i'm a genius or whatever but like it's he is he's a warrior's wisdom from confronting his fear on fear factor yeah would it be funny if like there was a fear factor episode where it was just like all right take the vaccine i can (laughs) you can do it he's just barking at you all the contestants have to sit in that chair for five minutes and make sure they're okay (laughs) yeah that's the scariest part of getting the vaccine when they sit you in the chair the chair <laughs> do you guys not so i i went to a pharmacy and they gave it they shoot you up and then they're like sit in the chair and if you expire come tell us and i'm like oh what do you mean expire <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to sit there for like 10 minutes or something and then they let you go and it's just but they don't really it's not clear what they're waiting to happen so you're like am i gonna die (laughs) yeah the first time i thought it was like going on right away but what happened is i was having like an anxiety attack because they just made it sound really scary when they gave me the thing (laughs) and i was like i feel it it i'm kind of fucked up right now yeah that's why you can't trust the vaccine because it's made by big pharma please give us as much money as you give joe rogan it will if i start saying shit like that will you give me money Seems like a very lucrative thing to do in this country. No, it's almost kidding. the only thing to do. So apparently Neil Young has taken all of his music off of streaming before for temperamental reasons. Like uh, he didn't like the sound quality a few years ago yeah. on streaming services. So he took all of his music off Apple Music and Spotify. And then his people were like, Neil, you got to put out your music to be a musician. And then he put it back. But I think it's like Taylor Swift took all her music off of spotify like at some point like i feel like if anything this is just a turning point of how long can we as a culture withstand joe rogan being the most influential (laughs) man in america (laughs) i mean a lot of artists are following suit and taking their shit off of spotify and so there's potential that this could like turn into an actual uh i mean what would you call this like an artist boycott or something and actually have an effect uh the figure that's flying around today is like they lost four million since this has happened in whatever the fuck abstract way you measure how much money spotify is making this week but um like another argument you'd hear is like why did he have to make such a spectacle of it Neil Young just wants attention. <laughs> that's another thing that dumb guys say. I don't know. That's a big dumb guy accusation. Anytime anyone does anything, is you just want attention. He just wants attention. It's but so like, sad. The point of this is to make it a public thing, not just to be a silently principled thing, because the idea is, yeah, if you can get everyone to join in at the same time, you lose your you gain a little bit of footing and become slightly less precarious as an artist and actually maybe Spotify will respond or something. Probably he's not. Just, he's just trying to impress Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. 
Is Bob, how does Bob Dylan play into this? Is he just an elder? He's just a different old man. I thought of. <laughs> I would is love he... to know. Bob Dylan's been awfully silent on mask mandates. Well, he got accused of something pretty gnarly a while back. So oh, he's no. just general. Yeah, it's ooh, I'm a monster. <laughs> Time to head out of town. <laughs> yeah. Wait till this all blows <clears throat> through. I'm going to go hitchhike with the guitar on my back out of the public eye. Joni Mitchell is pulling her music off, or she said she was going to. I, there was a clickbait headline I saw. It was like, Joni Mitchell plans to follow Neil Young, citing, quotes, lies. A lot of people are pulling their music. A lot of artists can't because if you don't own the masters to your like material, you don't. you literally don't have control over that sort of thing. So that sucks. This is the question. Is Spotify just going to become the Joe Rogan experience app? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> is it just going to be him on there? <laughs> um, I think Spotify just has too much fucking control. Like, there's no way around this other than just overthrow the entire government. And then that Spotify <laughs> comes is affected by like that. But like, you just can't. I mean, this is so frustrating for people because we like bought into this situation. We were like, sure, we'll just let one company own an entire art form and then they pay everyone like shit and they do stuff like this and we have no control over it. And we're like, maybe if I boycott them, they'll stop. And it's like, <laughs> it's no, so convenient. Is, you fucked up. You just gave. I mean, we didn't fuck up, but this is like, this is bad. You should be anti capitalista because. There's that is the only way around this is the logical inevitable conclusion to like all of the technology and stuff that we're you know that's making this uh, what do you call it uh there's a fucking ten dollar word I'm looking for here Jake is expiring in front of our eyes trying to figure out what, what the Spotify's fucking deal is uh, I don't know it's just, you just fucking can't win I mean it sucks it's literally like there's one guy who's like. No one gets to be a musician. I will take all of the money off of like, like your whatever you sell. Like it sucks. It sucks. You just, you literally can't be a musician. You can't sell your fucking music anymore because everybody just listens to Spotify the same way. Like it's it's like Uber. How they were trying to become the only rideshare service. You know. Oh yeah. One. I always feel torn about this kind of thing because I realize that it's all predatory and they're essentially just, you know, owning the entire industry in a way that was unacceptable 100 years ago, but is now fine. Uh, But at the same time, if money was completely taken out of it, I love having the music app and the car app and not having to know a second one of any of those things because I don't want to think about what company is giving me shit. I just want to be like music, boop, and then all of the music is there. Uh, How I feel about all tech shit. Just nationalize it. I like those fucking scooters that they put out. Everyone hates them. I love them. I just think <laughs> they should be free. The ones that fuck you up. Yeah, dude. The, the scooters that, that tried to kill Danny Feltz. Is it he? Did he <laughs> it almost killed by one of those? That sounds about right. He was riding one in Atlanta and <laughs> cut open like his entire leg or something. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they're wildly dangerous, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah nationalize all tech that's my take on this bring it home um well speaking of joe rogan it's been a big week for him 
he's he's this wonderful vascular man and he has on the top intellectuals of the day <laughs> usually i mean recently all the clips i've seen of him ha- are like being embarrassed by whatever guest he has on but he's going back to his bread and butter he had jordan peterson back on this week who wore a full three-piece suit to go talk to joe rogan he podcasted in a tuxedo which is the most alpha thing a man can do right right like when you're out on a big date that was a somebody tweeted that guy niles tweeted you wear a tuxedo to hang out with another guy for four hours that's a date that's a date they're dating they're correct yeah i think to be fair we should describe what we're wearing right now i have i would call it like a soot uh flannel soot yeah it's um I've been storing it on the floor in my bedroom for a few days <laughs> and I wore it yesterday, but it's mostly good. <laughs> and that's what I wear to talk to Jake. <laughs> I didn't wear my tuxedo to podcast today. I feel, um, man, this sucks. We're not going to make as good of a podcast as the Rogan Peterson one. I'm wearing a, a Rory blank shirt that has a tombstone on it. It says, um, I tried a lot and it sucked. It has two roses underneath it. Right. Pretty Classic casual, party. honestly. Yeah. But um, it was a very productive conversation. It's a four and a half hour long podcast. I don't like when podcasts are four and a half hours long, but he does this a lot and it kind of makes me wonder if I'm missing something. Um, missing something by listening to them or by not making four and a half hour podcasts? Like, what am I not getting? <laughs> About the four and a half hour format. <laughs> I guess it does take up a full half of a work day. Yeah. I, I mean, damn, that's what dude. we've established this is for, right? Is like you're at work and you leave on your <laughs> ear buddies and they tell you not to take medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I've gone off about this a million times, but like my theory of this is the parasocial like people are lonely and we have no <laughs> fucking way to, to hang out with each other anymore or even have like water cooler conversations because most of our work is super isolated. So like it, it does come down to Joe Rogan is your little buddy in your head. He's so strong. He's fucking strong. He's a of you know a father figure a male presence that a lot of men did not have in this world he's talking to jordan peterson about that you know it's refreshing he's um he's like he does the thing where he's like i'm kind of a dumbass so you're like i'm not being indoctrinated with crazy conspiracy theories because he just said he's kind of kidding yeah it's just like a warm bug light to put on for four fucking hours man <laughs> I think, you know, maybe there's a real argument to be made that like exposure to this man at lower doses would really be beneficial for all of us. If it was just like, he doesn't have to change anything, but they got to be 75 minutes tops. (laughs) That's the longest you get. Have you ever spoken for four and a half hours? You'll say all kinds of crazy shit that you didn't think you'd say. Like you only do that when you're like, like like in love with someone (laughs) (laughs) him him and jordan peterson talking for four and a half hours is like like you're on acid or something we lost track of the time talking about 
race. I don't want to talk to anyone for four <laughs> and a half hours. Or like, remember in like the aughts when like Chappelle and Dane Cook were doing stand up and they were trying to break the world records. They're doing like nine hour sets. I and think shit. about that every day. That shit sucks. There Everyone had to be to like a full that. hour of it where it was just like Dane Cook getting tired and he was like, this counts. If I make a face, it counts. And then everyone would be like, ha ha or whatever. But yeah. like, if you just eat food, but you're on stage, does that count as does that count as stand up? Yeah. It also counts as podcasting. If you just listen. Well, of course it counts as podcasting. <laughs> but stand up is a high art form. We'll get around to that later. Um, if I play this clip on my computer, can you hear anything? I don't think so. But if you send it to me, I think I can play it, and then we can okay, both hear it. Here, I'm going to put it in the chat. It's so funny that this is, like, the most consumed thing in, on planet Earth. This is, like, the height of what humans want. Okay, wait. So, oh, no. Start, shut the fuck up. We got to start it on my queue, but uh, just to introduce this first clip. So, our three or whatever... <laughs> This may have been the first thing they talked about. I haven't well, I haven't watched the thing. But um there are two or three viral clips from this episode and uh the main one that everybody's talking about is uh they they both gave their definition of what makes you black, which is what you <laughs> want to hear <laughs> from Joe Rogan to Jordan Peterson, which is like I think they're maybe we're gonna listen to it, but I think they were maybe trying to make everybody mad. Um okay. Tolerance and bigotry and anger and hateful sexual oppression what did my prejudice Eric dyson call you and mean mean angry and white mean man. yeah and and a mean angry white man yeah. hilarious yeah yeah you're not mean at all yeah, yeah. that's what's dumb about that statement it's you're not mean at all it's i uh, am white actually that's a lie too <laughs> i'm kind of tan and he was actually not black tan, he was sort of brown because I'm I'm darker than you. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but neither of us are white. Well, I'm Italian. And well, he was I really brown, think Joe Rogan black. is darker well, than isn't him. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and it's really dull, weird. The black and white thing is so strange yeah, because like the shades are so... Tan and brown. There's such a spectrum of shades of people. Unless you're talking to someone who is like 100% African from the darkest place where they're not wearing any clothes all day and they've developed all that melanin <laughs> to protect themselves from the sun... You know, it, even the term black is weird. It's a, mm. it's a, and when you use it for people that are literally my color, it becomes very strange. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is true. A oh, voice man. of fuck. Holy shit. So okay. The premise Here's of that is like they haven't heard about being black before, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think what they're doing is the problem with like comedians is, the idea that you can sit down and riff out every concept alone like or in a dialogue with another dumbass but never through reading theory and books and shit like that so like good example of this i bring up a lot is like Chappelle with like the gender stuff he's he's doing he's been like four specials yeah, he's been riffing that gender for eight years He's trying to be a comedian scientist and go, if I just talk about this long enough, I will figure it out. And it's like, that's not how like knowledge really works. Knowledge is like a social thing. Like you should, if he's obsessed with gender like this, he should read like Judith Butler and shit and learn about these concepts that have been like worked on over time, you know, coming from multiple people having conversations and stuff like that. Because like 
comedians all like that when um patrice o'neill would like sit down on the stool and just start thinking and like coming up with bits you know people were like he's philosophizing and in a way it, you can do that if your goal is to come up with like, a funny idea but the problem with the joe rogan podcast is that like they're doing that but it's not funny and so it has to be presented as interesting and it's not that either and so i i think what they're doing in this conversation is like this could be a stand-up bit like a very plain observational thing of like we have these terms for race and yet they're not really accurate descriptors because like all he's saying is like Caucasian skin isn't actually like the color white, like a white sheet of paper. And I just want to add, this was a recurring joke on get fuzzy. <laughs> what the, the fuck cartoon is strip fuzzy? about the guy who lives alone with a cat and a dog. The, ca- the cat would notice stuff like this. He'd be like, they should call you pinky, not white. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, you're pink white wine it's yellow why do we call it white you know Red these are the kind of jokes the cat would make for your sunday morning these are like hacky ass jerry seinfeld premises right if you look at it like a joke if you look at it like like an interesting conversation it's two it's two white guys not understanding like like they're kind of deconstructing like racial categorizations that were created by white colonizing people back in the day and then like i mean you could like could come to an interesting conclusion about this yeah it's all fucking made up construct right but like you see that in their eyes you see that like occur to them like it's a thought that floats by their heads and just right out the fucking window and then they're like yeah oh you want to watch a video of a tiger now like i don't know how is this the most listened to fucking thing on planet earth it's It's infuriating because it's it's the joe it's the uh jordan peterson of 2022 just smarmily digging away at an idea first uh approached and invented by the jordan peterson of 1795 Yeah, I mean, like, with what's, to horrible repercussions. <laughs> what's so frustrating about this is that they like they these types of fucking people have to present information like publicly. Them having a conversation, the pretense is that we're watching these two guys like discover something by having a really interesting conversation with each other, where they like figure stuff out. But all this stuff is like already figured out. And I think what's so offensive about it is the premise that they are like the first people ever to to get this because like all like his I know that he says he's like, oh, I'm a dumbass or whatever. But his point of view, what's attractive to it about dumb guys, I think, is that it does it does seem to be like um, like you're like, yeah, aren't most people so stupid that they don't get this? this cool stuff that me and my friend figure out when we smoke weed and look at like a felt glow in the dark fucking, you know, poster in my dorm bedroom or whatever. And it, it, you always look stupid. If you're the guy who's like, I, I just figured this out. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk down to everyone about this thing that like the reality is there's like fucking, millions and billions of people that have already talked about all this shit look we're real dudes we're not pretentious like those coastal elites this is just something me and my friend who came over wearing a bow tie are talking out what if when i see the color blue and you see the color blue we're actually seeing two different colors 
You ever think about that? That's nuts, man. I know, man. Isn't it crazy that we're the first people that have ever thought of this? I th- I, th- I think a lot of the southern region of Europe makes you steal. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, so you that's fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, that's just one of the bangers on this podcast. There's another big one that went around. So these are just like the two clips that had like multiple articles written about them. This is, it's, it's Jordan Peterson tackling climate, but the way he does it is not in a way you would guess it could be approached. And it's really interesting. And I think it's worth just thinking about how long he was in a stake based coma after this. <laughs> are you ready yeah i'm ready hard to sort out the climate change one is a weird one so that well, one that's because there's no such thing as climate right climate and everything are the same word and i that's what bothers me about the climate change types it's like this is something that bothers me about it technically it's like well, climate is about everything so okay but your models aren't based on everything your models are based on a set number of variables. Yeah. So that means you've reduced the variables, which are everything, to that set. Well, how did you decide which set of variables to include in the equation if it's about everything? And that's not just a criticism. That's like, if it's about everything, your models aren't right. Because mm. your models do not and cannot model everything. What do you mean by everything when you say part? <laughs> what do you mean by <laughs> this is why I don't respect anyone's degree. Like this is fucking <laughs> proof that does this. I mean, this guy like teaches at colleges. He's a professor, right? He's a fucking dumbass, dude. But the main thing they do at college is this, which is like be a really difficult bitch about very simple ideas for <laughs> six thousand words, and we'll give you an A for it. Oh man, what, what is you- friendship if you think about it? My problem with friendship types is that they think. <laughs> That friendship is not a variable, but it is. The problem with these pony types is they say friendship is magic. But what is magic? Is it something a pony can use? Yeah, you stupid bitch. You dumbass bitch. It's a very simple children's show. They shoot rainbows out of their butts. It's called the Pony Sitters Club. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jordan Peterson on the Pony Sitters Club. He would either love it or hate it. I'm not really he sure. He would probably, I mean, there's a lot of traditional elements to it I think he could really relate to, but it is highly illogical as a program. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, um, with bronies, what's their thing? My Little, My Pony. little Pony. Friendship is magic. About that. Yeah. What is, uh, Discord. Discord. The ponies are in opposition to an evil being <laughs> that's feminine in nature. I don't know. Um, I guess what I, the first thing I need, because I don't really know how to deconstruct the thing he just said, because it's mostly word salad. But what I do need to know is when did he escape Russia? And is his daughter in jail for doing that to him? And like, where has this man been? <laughs> What's um yeah, he was in Russia. He in was a in a coma, coma in Russia after fleeing <laughs> with his daughter sometime around 2019. 
and then leave. question mark, and now he's back and better than ever. <laughs> right. Um, he did, did all those see- press releases about how eating only steak won't hurt you and then slipped into a coma for two years. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, fucking meat coma. That's awesome. I get why guys think he's cool. That's yeah. fucking I mean, alpha, he's kind of cool, but that is not <laughs> what we are talking about. <laughs> is, he's cool in the way that, like, you know, I'm cool. Like, you're laughing at me because I did too many whippets and I'm about to fall off the balcony. But you shouldn't be don't. listening to me. Kids don't be like me. You know, and talk about <laughs> race science with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's if he was just some guy, you know, kind of the same thing with Trump. If he's just some guy, if you just hung out at your local bar, fucking Jordan disappeared for two two years, comes back, and I was in a meat coma. You're like, Jordan, that's crazy. For two you're years? Meat two coma? years. Also, have you seen his daughter? Did you see her when she dressed up like a lobster on Halloween? What? It, Why she, was she a lobster? Because it was Halloween. And oh, he's I guess anything like, goes on Halloween. Well, it's, I think it was also a reference to his weird... He's got like a weird lobster metaphor that he uses. Yeah. But um, she was fucking hot man it was weird she was a hot lobster she, one year she was Halloween. a sexual lobster yeah and the lobster too is the lobster is like an archetypal masculine crawfish he has some fucking thing about it i don't know i've never listened <laughs> its to it claws are its claws are like a it's dick because how hands are <laughs> like a dick but it is a lobster so it's not like that it the antenna looks like a little mustache <laughs> <laughs> the Men nose is the clit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, only women have mustaches now. Men are uh, being told to shave or defy gender altogether. We should learn from the red lobster sign. <laughs> Cheddar Bay biscuits. They're are unlimited. We- <laughs> When we see unlimited breadsticks, it makes us ask, what is the limit to breadsticks that I can enjoy? There is no variable in unlimited breadsticks and Cheddar Bay Biscuits. That's everything. Yeah, unlimited. It's just like the climate. And if it's everything, then where where are these numbers coming from? That's what I got to know. Three million bazillion dollars an episode, everyone. And so Stephen Colbert did, or not Stephen, Trevor Noah and a bunch of people did a bunch of shit about him saying he was black. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire science community was like, stop telling people climate change is the same as whatever you said. Don't say what you said again <laughs> anymore. The first thing he said that really bothers me is climate types because this is not that's the world is not divided up into climate types. <laughs> that's an ignorant <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. They were pink haired climate types. <laughs> Man, holy shit. God, it's so sometimes like you ever get like imposter syndrome and you're like, why we record a show every week. Yeah, and people pay us for it. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just a comedian. But this is like the most, the most high paid, listened to, respected thing like of all time. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, but you can never do worse than it. <laughs> we have a podcast, and I feel very grateful for that. But it is like I still make twenty thousand dollars a year. Everyone, calm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas, if you were like rich and famous, I think it would feel different a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if we were being paid like three million dollars a year, <laughs> or whatever, to make this, I think I would have to be like disclaimer please do not take anything i'm saying seriously <laughs> i can no longer relate to regular people <laughs> yeah. i wear a bow tie to my friends houses <laughs> this suit is so visually funny like i know i'm bringing it up a lot but you gotta look at the picture because he's just like sitting at a dinner table with a normal dressed man and then jordan peterson looking very sick in a three-piece suit yeah, he's also dying. So he's like, he looks like a fucking corpse. Like they pulled him out of the ground to podcast about. I think maybe but, his intention was to distract from the fact that he doesn't look that good, but it really only just highlights like the color of my skin is like. Yeah, you know, like you have a hickey or something, and you're like, I'll wear something really distracting so no one, their eye is not drawn to my neck. He's like, if I wear a tuxedo, everyone won't notice that I am the walking dead. It reveals the necrotic flesh above my neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, he rules. Yeah, very strong Seriously. stuff. That selfie he took, he's like off to talk to Joe Rogan. What an insane thing to do. He had a, a really tough pose for it. <laughs> yeah. It was hands on hips. It was Power Rangers mode. I guess it would be, it's kind of cute that he's like, I'm going to go talk to my friend. And then we're <laughs> going to cause inadvertently the deaths of a lot of people <laughs> and brain damage to some Play degree. date time. <laughs> well, that's what's been going on with Joe Rogan. He had a big week. And uh, I guess keep it up. In yeah. the meantime, <laughs> here in New York City, we we had a special awakening in the comedy community when this guy everybody knows was like a featured speaker at a national <laughs> anti-mask protest. <laughs> this keeps happening. Dude, I worked at a bar in 2015, 2016, where there was an open mic at the bar and like the people who came in were losers and I was one of them and it was a good time. It was like karaoke night or something. There was an open mic and everyone, you know, threw five dollars in and then went up and bombed and then we all got drunk and that was it. And I thought it would be a minor footnote in the story of my life, but every person like like this keeps a lot of people who hung out at that mic keep reappearing on like far right crazy like three percenter rallies and shit like that because it like was you just, just me ian Fidance, lewis j gomez right tyler like, fisher <laughs> tim dylan we're just some guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah tim dylan was around back then he was just dicking around you know every just was always this crazy blowhard he yells and shit about liberals or whatever you know whatever it's a hoot you know now he's like fucking gonna destroy the you know the world i mean f finance back then was like doing a show about like being a ska fan or whatever just doing like dumb jokes and then like cut to a couple years later because the comedy industry is 
rat poison for your brain and horrible for your soul and doesn't lead anywhere and there aren't any actual actual jobs here you just go wherever the fuck like you get booked dude was doing podcasts with alan dershowitz because like (laughs) you know if you just if you do what comedy tells you you're supposed to do just never turn anything down and show up and do your best at everything the only things that are hiring comedians are like these weird fucking far right uh they're the only people with money capital has all of the money in society labor is not going to pay you to have funny observations and yeah media for them that's not a thing (laughs) if you want to make it because there's no like when you get into comedy there's an expectation that with meritocracy if you get really good objectively you'll fit in somewhere and have some kind of job doing that that is the lie that is posited at the beginning that people throw their lives away to pursue. And then a lot of time, like years three to five, it does come down to this thing where it's like, okay, so no, I know how to do comedy, but I'm not being professional enough. So I've known Tyler for a long time. This, we're, this week we're talking about Tyler Fisher, who is a guy I follow on Twitter. He follows me back. I've known him for like 10 years. He's very nice. He's a very good comedian. Um, his main thing is he's around five feet tall. He'll show up at your show. He'll bring a clipboard and he'll ask everyone coming in and out of the room if they want to join his mailing list. (laughs) And he has a very professional like website. And, uh, he was the host of HQ trivia in 2019. And that was his big hook before this. Then COVID hit. And this is the direction more and more of the comedy community is taking as the country experiences brain death, which is I can get a lot of attention and a lot of fans if I go to where this crowd is and become part of it. And that's not to say that like he doesn't have these opinions, because I bet he does, or at least like maybe you'd softly believe that there shouldn't be mass mandates before you get a roaring crowd approving for you. But uh, if, if you have the link, I think we should play like just... Play like just the beginning of this clip because it's a really special convergence of things. Okay. I, yeah, I've got some stuff to say about this too. So I'll play it real quick and then this is a real juicy piece of weird content. Let's go into it. It's a really Our special moment. It's a comedian with over 50 million videos. Also, the sound on this clip is just bad. It's not your headphones or whatever. That's what's happening. That's uh, what it's all part the of. Views it. online. I'm a fan of his. He does a better impression of Fauci than Fauci does. Please welcome Tyler Fisher to the stage. I, also, you need to see. Thank you so much. Thank you. There's uh, 50,000 so people. Came out. I am a little ashamed of you because, as you know, you should be sitting down because COVID does not infect the immune system when you're sitting. So please sit down and take out a cheeseburger and do the right thing. Okay, pause. Put a mask on that. He... He does the youth like sitting down, like he riffs about sitting down at his shows because of how short he is. That's his go-to thing. What? <laughs> He's like, I finally feel good that you're all sitting down because I'm so short. And then he usually stand on a chair and it's like He's- a big visual thing of like, I'm up here on the chair. <laughs> So he's reworked his short guy. He's like doing his act right now. (laughs) And then he goes right into (laughs) impressions of Fauci. And then cut to like 30 seconds from the end. Because there's uh, one more thing that I wanted to show in this clip. Okay. Uh, About here. Let's get glasses on now. 
I, I think he's doing Fauci. Me. Oh, he pulled it out to do Fauci. I don't know why it's it's fucking it's not loading. He's owning Fauci. I'm gonna have to refresh the page here. Hey, what the fuck, dude? All right, if it doesn't load, I'll just tell you what he does. But he essentially does plugs at the end of his set. <laughs> <laughs> when is it gonna end, Fauci? When? I'd say maybe one to three to seventy years. We can start thinking about the idea of pondering the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening. But you can hear people not. dying. Right? Uh, <laughs> comedy is being shadow banned and censored. So go on YouTube, check my stuff out, spread it out, and watch JP. I love you. you guys are the heroes. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are the heroes. It's a great way to end a set. Oh <laughs> man, that open. you guys are the heroes. He looks like an evil version of his former self. Like his <laughs> eyes are all sunken and shit, and he's all like, "I'm a fucking, I'm a Carhartt guy now, or whatever." But he like, didn't used to have a big beard for one. Yeah, I, I knew this guy. I used to come in Old Man Hustle when I worked there, and he was like, "What's so funny to me about this is that his comedy was not political. It was goofy, and so he would do stuff like." In, in New York, it, when you ride the subways every once in a while, somebody goes, hey, it's showtime. And like these teenagers will do breakdancing. So he made a video one time where he goes, hey, it's showtime. And then he's dressed like a leprechaun. And he does river dance instead of breakdancing. That's cute. Now that's you know? funny. <laughs> like it was funnier <laughs> than this shit. And like, you know, he's just goofball. He didn't break character. He's like doing the river dance on the train. whatever, you know, Stuff like that. It just is what it is. But like I... I heard what happened to him and I th it totally tracks, which is that, you know, he was that type of guy who would like sign, bring the clipboard out and go sign up for my mailing list and hand out business cards and stuff like this. All this stuff that like your dad tells you like, okay, if you're going to do comedy, you should do it like this because this is how you start a business in America. And like, he's really following the fucking American dream. Like the, if you work hard enough, you will be able to carve some kind of niche out and you'll get a job, you know, and ideologically underpinning this whole fucking thing is that huge lie that, you know, it, it's, it's, I feel bad for the guy because it is what this country tells you all day, every day and what old people tell you. And it's, you know, the myth that, capitalism is able to be fruitful for all of us if you just have a fucking dream right and he i think was trying really hard and then as the you know as the bottom started to fall out of everything economically and like covid was happening all this stuff was thrown into crisis the the thing you do the the fugue state that you're in when you do stand up and you're just like going from set to set to set to set forever and not really thinking about where any of it's headed fell away and like a lot of people had to like kind of look at what they were doing and assess you know am i gonna make this or not and i think that his he was up for like a a show like a tv show that was gonna be a pretty big break if i heard correctly and they told him that they weren't like he got pretty far in the process of almost getting hired and then they told him 
that they weren't hiring white guys after all and that they were doing like diversity duh, hiring, duh. which is a real <laughs> thing that does happen and it's frustrating you know the beard shoots out of his head <laughs> you can see how that's this the joker was a fucking documentary like you could see like how this does like yeah just immediately break his fucking soul in half and because he did all the things you're supposed to do and then it turns out that you know this industry is complete farce and like well it's kind of a dicey issue but like that that is a real thing like they do hire people based on stuff like that because this is like not a real like a not a real meritocratic system and if i think that the takeaway he could have gotten from this to save his mind from being shattered into a million fucking pieces and going over to the QAnon people would be that the system doesn't work at all like it's just it's chaotic and it's it's not meritocratic and it's not your fault if you try as, as hard as possible and do all the right things and it doesn't pay off but if you live inside of what mark fisher described as capitalist realism if that is an impossible thing to compute that this system is not actually good for all of us and it's never going away then the only explanation after you experience something like this is there there must be some chaotic third element that like intervened and fucked up what was according to the system going to happen like it, you deserved to kind of you know be, like earn you were good, you know you're earning stuff and so that's when i think conspiracy theories come in and also this big anti-wokeness thing because what happened is after he didn't get that show he made a video that was like why i left the left and it was just like this guy like what? <laughs> the, left. the jolly cat all right now like what the, <laughs> the fuck is the bunga's dan the left <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he came to the conclusion that you know that he would have gotten that job and things would have worked out for him if it wasn't for this this factor that is appearing as like you know um uh what do you call it when the hiring initiatives uh, affirmative action affirmative like action that. so he's seeing it as like oh well you know this element is like completely to blame for this stuff because otherwise this would be a working system and that's the wrong conclusion this is not a working system at all even if you somehow were able to take that element out of it capitalism does not function in a way where like a rising tide lifts all boats or whatever um so this is i'm really i'm really i'm sorry i'm going off on my manifesto or whatever but this is kind of the main thing i've taken away from being in comedy is that there's a there's a breaking point to which and it's not really people's fault if you pursue this entrepreneur shit long enough you will come up against like a brick wall like this and we're not we're living in a you know a country the capitalist realism thing where you're like it, the, it's impossible like you're not supposed to know that it's because the system doesn't work. So if you don't become an anti-capitalist ideologically and understand the system that you live in and like understand like, hey, I'm, I'm a prole and proles don't get to be rich most of the time. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But you can still enjoy your life and like be a bartender or whatever. And like, you know, just be a fun working class person. If you don't get that, then your only fucking possible outcome is to go completely insane and become the joker like this, you know? And this is fucking sad. I'll, at the end of the day, I feel sorry for people like this, man. The only thing I... Uh, the thing you said earlier, I think, is such an important part of it, which is that this was not a political 
guy (laughs) like not even like a political comedian like this was like a man who was like i would like to do jerry seinfeld now and that will be what i do um and that is specifically who gets roped into this kind of thing because if you don't have politics the fact that you weren't picked on the show to affirmative action uh, uh uh the role to some other guy that feels like you have been taking negative repercussions for something that's not your fault. And by embracing this right wing, essentially white supremacist politics, you are directly benefiting. He has fans. He has YouTube visits. He has all this shit. But it's not because you are changing your politics. It's that you are found that you are getting a carrot for embracing right wing politics from zero. You didn't have any before. You talked about doing river dance. Um, yeah, well, and that, I mean, I, that's also what happened to Tim Dillon, because he is a right wing guy now. But Tim at his core, and this is like what he was doing five years ago, is truly a scammer from Long Island. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and it, once he received a bunch of money for being funny around right wing people, immediately was like, I got it and knew how to who to start hanging out with and what kind of shows to start going on. Yeah, he's. It's funny because there's there's two different types of guys in that respect. There's guys like Tim where you're like, he knows what he's doing, like he doesn't. He's doing it. It's and he a much care. less innocent version of this phenomenon. <laughs> and then you've got these guys who like it's kind of sad, but you still eventually are gonna have to put them up against the wall and be like, you like you can't keep being like this because it's like it's a horrible thing to be. But like, it is just a fucking lost person, and it sucks. And like another aspect of this that. Well, okay. To speak to what you just said, I think it's why it's really, truly important to understand the nature of the term reactionary. Like this dude did not have politics. His political ideology was birthed in reaction to what he diagnosed as the problem. And if you don't have anti-capitalism in your brain, then you're always going to come up with some crazy ass shit. That's the problem. That's how you end up with like the scapegoating stuff that all these right wing grifters do where they're like, it's the wokes, it's queer people, it's, you know, fucking feminists and immigrants and all this stuff. They serve as, as placeholders for your natural rage, which is real, but you don't understand that it is at capitalism. It's at the fucking system. It's not even at individual rich people. It's at the system that keeps them rich and you poor. But if you don't have that, I mean, you like, yeah, you're the it makes perfect sense. You're only you're you're only able to become political once you go off in this weird direction. The other thing I want to say about him is that there's a thing with comedy where like political types, like people that are like, you know, climate types. I'm just kidding. Uh, political types are like the people that are real nerds about comedy like to do this thing where they imagine that people with good politics are good at comedy and have the best, we have the best comedians and they tell the best truth. (laughs) They're doing the most truth per minute. And that right wing comedians are all like unfunny and stuff like that. And important part of this story with Tyler Fisher is that he was pretty funny. Like he's not a bad comic. One of my favorite comics. I'm not really a goofball guy, but like he, he was pretty funny and it didn't work and like people need to understand that because like he's getting referred to as a failed comedian by a lot of people and like you know comedian comedy failed him he didn't fail comedy like it i have a very important anecdote for the end of this episode (laughs) just because it's a blizzard outside right now i had a very vivid memory today 
I got booked on something during a blizzard, I think in 2015 or 16. And it was like my one show of the month. And so I was really excited for it. And there was like three feet of snow outside or some ridiculous thing. And everyone was like, yeah, don't. The show's not canceled, but you clearly don't have to go. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm not going to miss a booking. And so I got on the train, which was somehow not stopped through Manhattan. The L took me down 14th Street to where the show was. It took like an hour and a half to go a very short distance. I get there. The only people at the venue, and this is a very common occurrence, are the other comedians. And when no one else is there, the comedians don't always just go home because it takes them so long to get to where they were going and they were so excited about it. When no one is around, we do our little jokes for just each other (laughs) for like an hour. You just tell this room where no one wants to hear it, (laughs) your little observations about the crazy world around you and people are giving you like pity laughs or like too much laughter to pretend like you're all having fun and yeah. this is the bedrock of the entire industry that we're all going out because no matter who your favorite comedian is they've all unless they were started 30 years ago they have all also done this exact same thing <laughs> when i first moved to new york that blew my mind because like I don't think that really happened in Austin. I think if you didn't have an audience, you just didn't do a show. But it like you also weren't doing like like New York is all about like doing as many sets as possible and stuff. And like it, it is absurd. Other comedians will look at their phones while they're watching you, and then you're like, "Don't you realize I'm also going to look at my phone while you're on?" St-? And like you start crowd you want working to do them. <laughs> But there's just this like 10,000 hours bullshit myth of like, well, if I get my muscle memory, like, you know, used to being on stage, then I'll eventually be on TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> then this shit happens. But like monkey's paw curls at the anti-mask <laughs> mandate rally. <laughs> yeah, you're on TV. You're on the news, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I know a, a guy used to come to my open mic killed his mom. People want to get on TV. Yeah. But like what I was getting at about um about how like people w- want to assume oh right wing comedians aren't funny and stuff like that and like also that um you know these grifters are always failed comedians. It's a fun insult. It's a fun punchline to be like oh you're a failed comedian. And a lot of them sucked ass at comedy, but but we're assuming that if they were good, this also wouldn't happen. And in Tyler's case, he was good and it still <laughs> happened. And like when I think I figured it out, I think what, what's going on is like, you know, I would like to think that like, oh, everyone is a socialist or whatever is better at comedy. But that's not the case. Usually when someone is funny, it's because they are just focused more on being funny and then they also have politics and when someone puts politics first even if they have good politics they're often like not that funny and it's also like tim dylan is like really funny like this is important to note we can't be walking around going oh the right wing is like so bad at comedy or whatever oh they all do attack helicopter jokes or whatever the problem with tim is that he's really fucking funny and that it's causing him to like you know, he's like a fucking he's just a piece of a puzzle that like came together and and right wing bullshit grifter ideology is like 
moving through him because he's a good vessel for it, like a good way of purveying it out in the world. I mean, with a he's lot of what's probably going on, the funniest guest Joe Rogan has ever had on, I would guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's precisely the problem is that he is funny because it's it's making, you know, I mean, if you've got Koch brothers, dark money and you want to kind of like promote stuff that he's saying, it's, it all comes together and it becomes very advantageous for people like to dump money through like these think tanks into him and stuff like that. And the and if everyone's walking around thinking this stupid thing that we all think, which is if I laugh at it, it must be good politics. Then people actually worship, like listen to him and recommend him as like someone who's really smart and not just entertaining. And like, you need to know the fucking difference. Cause like it, there are guys that you walk around in this world and you meet and they get like a glazed over look in their eye. And they're like, have you heard Tim Dillon? He's so intellectual. And you're like, no, he's, he's a good speaker is the, was what you're getting at. Like you, you were enjoying his you know his way of like you know entertaining you and purveying information or whatever you can be wrong about stuff and do that and i think that's like kind of what's going on with this burgeoning like alt media world that we're gonna maybe realize in a hundred years looking back on this is that like there's a lot of like just good speaking going on here there's a lot of people that like 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 we're really popping off there are a lot of people in this world that like will make a really good point using the sort of like gifts that someone like Tim has for, for public speaking. And if you pay attention long enough, a few years later, they'll make the opposite point. And it will also be really fun to hear them make that point. And you realize that there's no, there's no ideological consistency in what they're saying. Like the, what they're saying isn't important. They're just paid to go on a microphone or whatever. I mean, there's no better example of how good politics is not the same as good comedy that you can touch back on if you listen to this show is if you watched any television between 2000 and 2010, <laughs> did you laugh <laughs> at six seasons of South Park? Do you think it's because they were insightful about stuff? <laughs> the man bear pig South Park episode where they just say Al Gore is afraid of a mythological creature and climate change isn't real is really funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> they had to go out of their way to apologize for it. But yeah, it's, it's a, a really good point. episode of television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's like such a uniquely like lame modern thing because like the only currency that we really deal in in the modern world is just entertainment and stuff and like consuming media. So nobody really takes a moment to look at the situation and realize how absurd it is that like we think that your your moral compass is like basically in tune with the thing on Netflix where it goes, do you thumbs up this or thumbs down this? The things that you collect by just consuming media like that are a reflection of some sort of truth in the world. And they're not, they're just fun. You know, I guess I got, yeah. got kind of far away from Tyler Fisher on this, but like, I just think he like a great example of like, yeah, the contradiction here that, that people are going to be tempted to go. Oh, he's a failed comedian. And that's not, that's beside the point. I just think it's a very it's a very special moment to watch as the balkanization of this country goes into its stage four where <laughs> where everyone is against their neighbor. It's really special. There's watch him and any- like Chrissy Mayer, like these these <laughs> lists of comics that are like they've just sort of drifted upstream into this weird fucking QAnon thing because it's profitable. 
they keep coming out and like you'll see like really bad flyers that are like the new outlaws of comedy are Jim Brewer, Dave Chappelle, our friend Tyler, and that crazy chick Chris Chrissy <laughs> Air. <laughs> like even the famous ones are just like they have nowhere to go. So they're just doing this shit. Rewatch any clip of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Just just see what they say on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> But what do you mean? <laughs> My favorite show for 10 full years. Oh, right. <laughs> it's probably not a good political compass. It doesn't actually mean anything about the world. Yeah. Do not take Frylock at his word. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm going to vote for Meatwad next time. Yeah, dude, I love Meatwad. He's been such an inspiration on me as a performer. <laughs> Turning into an igloo, but then a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> Turning yeah. In, into the buff Meatwad that ladies love. Uh, hanging out with Boxy Brown. Oh my God, Boxy Brown! <laughs> yeah, canceled. <laughs> Man, I love Boxy Brown. Uh, <laughs> Boxy Brown isn't even brown, you know. No, he's he actually, is brown. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you got to give him that. <laughs> he's a box. <laughs> um. All right. Well, what a week in media. Let's call it there for now. And Let's what do we it. got to plug? Um, I have two shows in February. I have one, uh, my show meat space comedy at the gutter in Williamsburg Greenpoint, uh, is happening on February 15th, the day after Valentine's day, take your heartbroken ass down to the bowling alley and listen to some jokes. Alex is on that show. Um, and then I have another show that's happening online on this website called Rush Ticks, which is like an online comedy club. Uh, it's legit. They've had like Pat Oswalt, Maria Bamford, and people like that, and me for some reason. Uh, so if you want to watch me do comedy online, I'm not going to phone it in like these fucking you know, people that just do their act and put a brick wall up behind them. I'm just going to write one-liners and jokes and stuff for Zoom and not try to do Chris Rock at you. Um, come to my Rush Ticks show. It's on February 24th. Fourth, all this stuff is on my pinned tweet on Twitter and you know, show notes and all that stuff. I'm thinking of right wing Chris Rock. <laughs> what a powerful monster we would unleash. Doubling down on Jake's show, I will be there this time. Last time oh, yeah. there was a very good reason, and I can't talk about it, but I'm gonna <laughs> be there. And don't ask me why was that the last one? I'm gonna be coming up with hot new jokes. Who knows what they're gonna be? Maybe I'm going to tackle issues of the day. Who knows what it is? I don't know what it is. Alex Patak has the best Dr. Fauci impression. Yeah, I'm going to bring my glasses so that you know when I've turned into Fauci. Yeah. Because <laughs> it will be like he's in the room. <laughs> so you don't want to uh, miss that. Uh, also, paid protest is three days after at Secret Loft on... February 18th, next show, Hot Show. Hot Show's coming up. Uh, thank you again for backing Theater of the Light Season 4. And subscribe to the Poddam America Patreon, why don't you? We just talked about the gun church in Korea. Jake Flores tackles Korea. I tackled King Bullethead, and I got shot by his head. Jake jumps Fire above this. King Bullethead and smashes him with his butt. Yeah, I'm like King DDD. That's how I fight. Bye-bye. Or Bowser. A lot of people. It's actually a very common fighting style in certain parts of the world. 
<laughs> jumping into the air, somehow stopping, like moving, turning slightly so you're facing an imaginary camera and then slamming your ass straight down on someone. And doing <laughs> that proud. phase too while you do it. Like, yeah. Lord help me. <laughs> I'm about to smash him. But it's Lord help me I'm back to the old me. <laughs> Smashing people with my ass. All right. Well, that's. I can't think of a better way to end the show. <laughs> four four hours of the podcast this week, man. I can't believe we did it. So intellectual. We figured out climate change. We're wearing tuxedos. Keep rocking, climate people. Max it's finished. <laughs> it's finished.